This episode contains scenes of a sexual nature. In the middle of a candlelit bedroom is a large four-poster bed. There are two people on the bed, a man and a woman. The woman is naked. The man is not her husband, but her husband is in the other room. He calls into the man and woman. All right, listen, you guys, do your thing. I'll be in the office if you need me. And shuts the door. We just did it earlier today. Who, you and Bubba? The man is in his 50s and is in good shape. He strips down. Even in the dim light of the bedroom, his white tan lines shine out. Phone rings. The man checks the caller ID. He hits ignore, puts his phone back on the desk, and turns back to the woman on the bed. AJ Delario stares at a freeze frame on his computer screen. A broad grin spreads over his face. He laughs. Sometimes life is just too good. Delario is the editor-in-chief of Gawker.com, and he just got quite a scoop in the mail, anonymously. The full, unedited version of the rumored Hulk Hogan sex tape that's been in the news for months. Now, he's staring at a frozen image of Hulk Hogan's manhood. It's the best gift a reporter like Delario could ever hope for. After all, AJ's claim to fame up until now is being the one to publish star pics of quarterback Brett Favre's penis on Gawker's sports gossip site, Deadspin. AJ picks up the phone to call his editor. It's AJ. I got something. I need an edit ASAP. Uh, what is it? You'll see. It's about 30 minutes, but I'm looking for just the highlights. Maybe a minute or two tops. Dude, what is it? It's, uh... It's the Hulk Hogan sex tape. On October 4th, 2012, AJ Delario publishes his post on Gawker.com. Even for a minute, watching Hulk Hogan have sex in a canopy bed is not safe for work. But watch it anyway. An excerpt from the tape, with a running time of 1 minute 41 seconds, is accompanied by Delario's thoughtful musings on the banality of celebrity sex. Her fellatio is successful, and Hulkamania is about to run wild on her. But then his cell phone rings. He checks it because he thinks it might be his son, Nick. The ringtone on Hulk Hogan's phone is a song by his daughter, Brooke Hogan, called About Us, featuring Paul Wall. He is a proud father. The post gets 7 million views, a success by any metric. This is what Gawker does. This is what A.J. Delario does. But this post is different. This post will threaten Gawker's very existence. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. From Wondery, I'm Hill Harper, and this is Legal Wars. Most people know me as an actor or best-selling author, but I'm also a Harvard Law School graduate, and interesting legal cases have always fascinated me. Each week on Legal Wars, we'll bring you one of the many influential cases that have riveted the nation over the years. We'll take you inside the courtroom drama, meet the larger-than-life characters, and look at the real-world impact these cases had on our society. We'll dive into cases as different from one another as the World Trade Center insurance case, Anna Nicole Smith's battle for her inheritance, and the Rodney King trial that set off the L.A. riots. One of the first things I learned in law school was that a lot of the time, it's not really the law that leads to one side or another winning. Oftentimes, it's the arguments, the location, and stuff going on outside the courtroom. Today, we're starting with a three-episode series on the grudge match between the world's most famous wrestler and New York's most infamous gossip blog, Hulk Hogan versus Gawker Media. On the surface... It's a story with all the makings of a bad movie plot gone wrong. A sex tape, a best friend's wife, a gossip reporter, and a third act that would shock the legal world. Except this story, it's all true. But this is more than just a fight over a sex tape. It's a fight over the First Amendment itself. This is episode one. Yeah, brother. It's October 15th, 2012 in Tampa, Florida. Just another day at the United States Courthouse. Palm trees sway in the hot summer breeze. Nearby strip clubs about to open their doors for the lunchtime crowd. But today, a crowd of reporters has gathered together to cover a press conference. One that promises the kinds of juicy headlines that lead local news. A trio of men emerge from a car. Two are in suits. And one, well... He doesn't look like anyone else in the crowd, or pretty much anyone in any crowd. He's six foot seven, 300 pounds, and sports a black bandana, mirrored Oakleys, and a platinum blonde handlebar mustache that gives him a perpetual frown. His biceps strain through the seams of his black t-shirt. It's Hulk Hogan, the Hulk, the Hulkster, reality TV star, and WWF World Champion Wrestler. The Hulk stands silently behind the two suits, his attorneys. One of the attorneys, Charles Harder, steps up to the mic. His voice is thin and reedy and filled with confidence. Hulk Hogan filed two lawsuits today in Tampa, Florida. The first lawsuit was filed in the Florida State Court. It was filed against Heather Clem, and her ex-husband, Todd Allen Clem, also known as Bubba the Love Sponge. To the reporter's credit, no one titters hearing the name Bubba the Love Sponge read in a serious tone by a lawyer in a designer suit. The allegations in that lawsuit state that approximately six years ago, the Clems secretly videotaped Hogan having private, consensual, intimate relations in a private bedroom. Mr. Hogan had no knowledge that he was being videotaped. He did not consent to the taping because he didn't know about it 
and he would never have permitted it. But it's the second lawsuit, the second lawsuit that will grab the headlines that day. It was filed against Gawker Media and its related entities and individuals. It alleges the defendants posted excerpts at the video site of their website, Gawker.com, for the purpose of obtaining financial profit at the expense of Mr. Hogan and in violation of his rights of privacy. They're seeking damages to the tune of $100 million. But the reporters want to hear from the man himself. Hulk, Mr. Hogan, you, make you said a comment you didn't at all? know your No further call. comments. Please respect the man's privacy. Thank you. Hogan shuffles away with his entourage, flanked by the two lawyers. The journalists will have to wait. Hulk Hogan is not the first celebrity to sue over a leaked sex tape, but his suit against Gawker will be the biggest, most expensive celebrity sex tape case to see the inside of a courtroom. Meanwhile, Gawker gears up for the fight of their lives. Founder Nick Denton is almost gleeful about it. He knows he's got the First Amendment on his side. Denton is an Oxford-educated Brit with a libertarian streak, a firm proponent of civil rights, especially the ones that pertain to his company, Gawker.com. Gawker was founded in his downtown Manhattan loft nine years earlier in 2002. Now Gawker's network of opinionated blogs produce the kind of content that make people mad, at least the people they are covering. There's Valleywag that focused their sights on Silicon Valley's tech culture. Peter Thiel is interested in harvesting the blood of the young. And Deadspin for fans who wanted to know more about their sports heroes than just their scores. Rob Gronkowski's porn star lady friend says she's humped Dan Uglin and assorted married athletes. And the flagship site, Gawker.com, which covered New York City gossip and the media elite. Is the New York Post edited by a bigoted drunk who f***s pigs? Each site has its own beat to cover, but they all have one thing in common. Their snarky writing style and the juicy reveals about their self-appointed targets. Remember the crack-smoking mayor of Toronto, Rob Ford? <laughs> Gawker broke that story. Or the Notre Dame football player who got catfished, Manti Teo? That was Deadspin. Or A.J. Delario's original claim to fame. Close-up pics of Brett Favre's anatomy. <laughs> Shocker that Gawker gets cease and desist letters almost weekly. But Nick Denton defends Gawker's right to publish these stories. He's always been proud to publish incendiary content that no other mainstream media outlet will touch. Journalists share their most interesting stories at the bar after work. My mission is to publish those stories. Yeah, why should a little fact-checking get in the way of a good news story? Nick's mission is measured in page views. The defining feature of the Gawker newsroom is a huge digital screen over the Gawker receptionist's head. The display shows which posts are bringing the most visitors to the site in real time. Two Gawker writers wander over, lattes in hand, and just stare. Clueless secretary prompts hilarious office email thread. That's number three? Slow news day, I guess. I would have put money on Glenn Beck as going blind. There's still time. Nah, that post went up eight hours ago. Old news. Denton walks by and sees his employees, well, gawking at the big board. You look like early hominids in front of a monolith. The writers look at their boss and slink off to their computers. What an asshole, they both think. 
Denton is a legend for being a jerk. He relishes his infamy. Even Gawker employees describe him as not fully human, nihilistic, and an unknowable sphinx. One reporter asked the editor-in-chief, A.J. Delario, about his boss. Would you say Denton has a reputation? For being an asshole, just a horrible person. Is it true? Mm. The villain public persona is not 100% true. It's probably 80% true. But Denton's drive for website traffic, illustrated by the numbers on the big board, fuels the writers to make their headlines more catchy, more outrageous, more and more likely that people will click on the headlines to find out something juicy. Gawker's board gave birth to what the media world now calls clickbait. The Hogan sex tape was filmed in 2007. At the time, Heather Clem was the wife of Hulk Hogan's best friend, Todd Clem. Todd Clem goes by another more colorful name, Bubba the Love Sponge. Bubba the Love Sponge, that's his legal name, by the way. He had it changed. Bubba's a radio host based in Tampa, and Hulk Hogan was a regular guest on his show. Bubba definitely knew what was going on between his wife and his best friend. In fact, he's the one who made it happen. And then he was the one who filmed it. He asked Hulk and Heather to do it. Now, when the sex tape becomes public in 2012, it's five years later, and a lot has changed. Hogan has divorced his first wife, Linda, and remarried. Heather Clem has divorced Bubba and is now Heather Cole. And now someone, no one knows who, is spreading rumors that there's a sex tape of Hulk and some woman floating around. Gawker's not the first site to break the news of the tape's existence. That's another gossip site, TMZ. It's March of 2012 seven months before A.J. Delario will ultimately press publish on that incendiary blog post. Celebrity sex tape! Celebrity sex tape! There's a brand new star in a celebrity sex tape! There's a sex tape being shopped around town to the porn companies, and the person is saying it's Hulk Hogan and some woman. So yesterday, when this story came in, I, I, took, I was able to view the, some of the tape, and I wanted to make sure it was Hulk Hogan. So how could you tell it was Hulk? Well, right away... <laughs> He get, takes his shirt off and he does the full hair wrestling thing. He hulks up a little bit. He hulks up a little bit. Yeah. And then he walks towards the bed and you and I'm thinking, I thought he had a thong on. Nobody's all that surprised that Hulk Hogan would have a sex tape. Hulk spent the better part of three decades talking explicitly and very publicly about his sex life. Because everyone knows Hulk Hogan will show up anywhere at the drop of a hat to talk about his favorite subject, Hulk Hogan. Hulk even calls into TMZ to talk about it live on TV with TMZ boss Harvey Levin. Hulk, first of all, welcome. Yeah, first of all, guys, there were several brunettes. Let's at least get that part straight. <laughs> oh, several brunettes. All right. No, no, there was between the divorce from Linda and the, and the time I met Jennifer. I, I had about a four and a half months that I, I really went crazy. And I actually wrote about it in my book about staying drunk and crazy and hitting all the bars. So I was, uh, you know, really out of my mind for a while. So walk us through this. When? What year was this tape shot? Brother, I don't know what year it was, but um, this year around September or October, I will have been with Jennifer for five years. So the question I'm wondering is, you know, why would someone hold on to this for at least five years, you know? 
and then do this to me now. I did not know it was being done. I didn't say, hey, brunette, let's put a camera up and put a sex tape up. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm dumb, but I'm not dumb and dumber. And so I just don't know why someone would do this, number one. And number two, why they would wait five years to release it. I've actually seen part of this tape. It only shows a brunette. It shows him. It's a bedroom. Security footage from inside of a home. And it shows Hulk kind of going towards a brunette woman. That, that's all I've seen. Does that ring any kind of bell with you, Hulk? You know, Harvey, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I'm horrible at remembering names, you know? That's why I call everyone brother. But during that time, that four or five month window, when I was going crazy, I couldn't remember her name if I had to. And the truth is, it wasn't just one brunette. I was running pretty wild for a few months. In the wrestling ring, in commercials, in his reality TV show, Hogan Knows Best, and in hundreds of radio interviews and talk show appearances, he crows about his insane strength, his outsized feuds, and naturally, his 10-inch penis. He goes on to his best friend, Bubba the Love Sponge radio show to fan the flames. So Hogan, you're claiming to maybe have a 10-inch cock? I'm not claiming. Those are the facts, Jack. Just another Tuesday in the storied life of Hulk Hogan. And as long as no one had actually seen the contents of the tape itself, the Hulk was more than happy to get some free press over it. But a few weeks later, Gawker publishes the actual footage and all hell breaks loose. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you browse homeowner reviews, compare quotes from multiple local pros, and even book a service instantly. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Before Hulk Hogan takes Gawker to court, he takes his case to the court of public opinion. Hulk goes on the Howard Stern Show. He's been on Stern dozens of times, and he always talks about his sex life. So why would today be any different? There they are, two tall men in a candy-colored sound booth that looks almost like a wrestling ring itself. Howard sits behind his desk, headphones set back on his tangle of hair. Hulk stands in the middle of the room. By the way, I love talking about the laundry as much as the next guy, but can we talk about this sex tape thing? No. Hulk plops down in the chair with a sigh. He knows what's coming. Gawker's now made the video evidence public, and Hulk has to admit he wasn't just having sex with some mystery brunette. He was having sex with a woman who, at the time, was his best friend's wife. Not quite the random hookup he claimed it was. So he's taking a different tone now. He talks about his shame, his regret, how all of this is putting a strain on his current marriage. So let me understand what's going on. Last time you were here, you looked me in the eye point blank and said, man code. I would never break the man code. 
I would never bang another man's wife, a buddy's wife. What happened? That was protection mode. You were in protection mode. That I understand. I, um... You lied to me. Oh, well, I had my fingers crossed. <laughs> my toes were crossed. I'm not trying to make any excuse other than I was beaten down like a dog. My wife had just made the decision that she'd go back to California. Just, you know, I went to Bubba's to say, hey, bro, I'm going to hang out. And it was just one of those moments. I said, you know, to hell with it. I'm going to go for it. It was a huge, horrible decision. Never dreamed in a million years there'd be a camera in Bubba's house. Will you press charges? Oh, yeah. You're gonna. You're going ahead with this. Yes, sir. I gotta find out who did this to me. Hulk Hogan took down a lot of competitors in the ring. He played the role of the great American hero for decades. Now... For Hulk and his legal team, this isn't just a fight for his privacy. This is a fight for every American's right to privacy. October 5th, 2012. It's one day after Gawker posted the Hulk Hogan tape. And it's business as usual in their Manhattan offices. Gawker's team of editors and bloggers sit side by side in three rows of desks, eyes glued to their computer screens. A few wander over to the big board. How long do you think that Hulk Hogan post will stay in number one? Probably as long as his attorneys keep talking about it. Gotta hand it to Delario. The writing on that one was brilliant. Sitting under the big board is the receptionist. She's got a piece of registered mail in her hands. Well, look at this. Nick! Denton walks over. Another letter from that lawyer, David Houston. Can't say I saw that coming. What's it say? If we take down the Hulk Hogan video, they'll consider the matter resolved. No payment requested. Denton grins. He lives for this. No chance. This has news value. We're keeping it up. You sure? It stays. Ten days later, the lawsuit arrives, and this time they're asking for money. A lot of money. A hundred million dollars in personal damages to be exact. It's Hulk Hogan and his team of top flight lawyers versus Nick Denton and his team of snarky bloggers. Both sides feel absolutely certain they have a winning argument. Hogan and Denton both see themselves as the heroes of their own story. Only they're telling two very different stories. Is this a case about a celebrity's right to privacy? Or is this a case about a journalist's right of free speech under the First Amendment? The court will decide. On the next episode of Legal Wars, the case between Hulk Hogan and Gawker Media goes to court in Florida and Hogan tries to press his home court advantage. This is episode one of three of Hogan versus Gawker. To hear more seasons of Legal Wars, listen exclusively with Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus for more exclusives, binges, early access, and ad-free listening. Available in the Wondery app. The host of Legal Wars is Hill Harper. Alex Minahan wrote this episode. Our legal consultant is Katie Burghardt kramer and our researcher is Caitlin Kramen. Legal Wars is produced by Stephanie Jens and George Lavender. Post-production by Spoke Media. 
Executive producers are Marshall Louie and Hernan Lopez from Wondery. Legal Wars is based on real court cases. The arguments are real. We've combed through court transcripts, newspaper reports, and interviews with some of the key players, but it's not always possible to know exactly what happened. Some of the scenes are dramatizations based on research. Hope you enjoyed the show. Yo, Trey. Yeah, Kevin, what's up, man? I was just thinking, what would have happened if Drew Brees didn't fail his physical with the Dolphins and ended up playing under Nick Saban in Miami? There's a good shot the Finns establish a dynasty. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick probably don't become goats, and Tuscaloosa doesn't become the center of the college football universe. That's a butterfly effect for real. Hey, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier. We're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Sorry, Marshawn, still too soon. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.